It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 2nd, 2018. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. A busy day around the NBA. I don't think... Uh, anything major happened in free agency? Um, some guy named LeBron James signed, uh, agreed to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but for the purposes of this show, the big news, of course, the Orlando Magic agreeing to terms with Aaron Gordon, a four-year, $84 million contract. A very, very fair and, and very uh, good contract, I think, for the Orlando Magic as they get their man on a very reasonable, reasonable contract, and in my opinion at least, um, getting getting uh, the big part of the big heavy lifting of their free agency done right now. Um, so we'll talk all about that signing, break it down from a few different angles. Also of note today, the Orlando uh, Mario Azonia agreeing to terms with the New York Knicks. We'll wrap his time with the Orlando Magic up as well coming up on this show. But... All joking aside, obviously, the big news around the NBA today, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers agreeing to terms with LeBron James signing a four-year, $154 million contract. That is the max contract that he can receive. Um, Obviously, James going to the Lakers is a huge deal, both for marketing purposes and for the seismic shift in the league. We'll probably have plenty more on that, plenty of discussion on that coming up, but... If you're interested in learning more about the goings-on of free agency around the league, definitely check out the Locked On NBA podcast. You can find that on iTunes. And if you want a little bit more from all angles of the LeBron James signing, check out Locked On Lakers. I know the crew at Locked On Lakers do a really good job uh, as well there. Um, So definitely check them out for their breakdown of this monumental shift in the NBA landscape. Of Of course, the Magic remain one of the few teams, probably the only team, in the Eastern Conference that is undefeated against a LeBron James team. That's right. I said it. The Orlando Magic are undefeated against LeBron James in the playoffs. And that is a fact. You can't change that. It is fact. Um, But you can check out those other great podcasts for more on LeBron James. We're here to talk about Aaron Gordon, though. Uh, The Magic wrapping up their deal with Aaron Gordon. Uh, Yesterday, as I went off the air uh, with the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, uh, there was the report out there that that things were kind of slow with Gordon, that no one had really reached out to him um, uh, overnight um, and, 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 and tried to engage him. There was a report that many teams knew the Magic would match almost any offer, pretty much any offer. And so teams didn't want to attack him quite yet. He seemed like a plan B, plan C for a lot of teams with the cap room. And you saw it happen last night. You saw it happen throughout the day. Slowly but surely, money started to dry up around the league. The Suns used their cap room to sign Trevor Ariza. The Pacers took up a big chunk of their cap room to sign Doug McDermott. Um, Although I think they still might have had some room to fit Aaron Gordon in there. Um, it, it seemed like they took themselves out of the running. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers became a late entry into the into the into the running, according to Mark Spears. 
But of course, they got LeBron James. They don't need Aaron Gordon anymore. Uh, so you could kind of see how you could kind of see how uh, the money started drying up for Aaron Gordon. There wasn't a lot of opportunity there for him to get that big deal. Now, obviously, the Magic were in a position where they had to fairly compensate him and fairly uh, take care of him, lest he decide to take the qualifying offer with all the restrictions that come with it for the Magic and then enter unrestricted free agency next summer when there's a little bit more money on the table. If Aaron Gordon really wanted the max, he might have done that. But in the end, I think business interest prevailed. There is plenty of risk in doing that. We saw Greg Monroe and Nerlens Noel both take their qualifying offers in recent years, and they were pretty good players before doing that. And then that last year, they weren't able to play up up to up to their standards. They weren't able to get their big contracts, and eventually they left their teams. And really, really, uh, at the same time, I would argue that if you take your qualifying offer, that's a sure sign that you do not want to be with that team because you're not signing an offer sheet to have that matched to return to a place you don't want to be. I think that Aaron Gordon always wanted to be in Orlando. Um, he, he pretty much said as much. The Magic made every indication they wanted to bring him back, and so it just came down to what is the right price for Aaron Gordon. I was estimating in the 21 to $23 million range. I thought 21 was kind of the low end. So the Magic signing him to a four-year, to a reported four-year $84 million contract that's from Shams Charania of Yahoo Sports, confirmed by Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel. Signing him to that kind of a deal, I think, is superbly done by Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. They got their man at a good price. It seems like a lot. Aaron Gordon uh, has not had the most consistent career. 17.6 points per game last year, career high, shooting a 50% effective field goal percentage, shooting 33.6% over 30% from beyond the arc for the first time, 33.6% from beyond the arc, only 43.4% from the floor. Definitely a fair criticism to say that Gordon tried to do a little too much last year, was on the ball a little bit too much, is much better in transition, maybe playing off the ball, uh, and that you know he was kind of good stats, bad team type of player, which everyone on this Magic team is, but at the same time, he's 22 years old. Every time he's had a summer to get better, he has gotten significantly better. And the, the, the truth of the matter is, he has not had a, had a healthy summer or a healthy training camp until last year. He got that. He made the most of it. He had a fantastic season, a huge step up from him, and you can definitely see where he can continue to get better. There's no doubt that Aaron Gordon is a guy who works hard. Um, he is someone that puts puts a lot of effort into his game. He cares about his game, and, and he wants to be a great player. When he said, "I, you know, the ideal is max contract, it wasn't, there's there was certainly a little bit of, of gamesmanship and a little bit of negotiating tactics going on there, but at the same time, having been around Aaron Gordon, I would say that that is a kid. That this is a kid who's that confident in himself that he thinks he can be that great. Now, that cuts both ways. That can be good and bad because you see him try and dribble around too much. You see him be a bit of a ball stopper. You see him settle for mid range jumpers, trying to pretend like he's Kobe Bryant. Sometimes, that's part of his game that he's going to have to continue to refine and continue to adjust as he as he learns to be a key player for the team. And, and now, guess what? He is now the highest paid player on the team. It's no longer Bismack Biombo and Evan Fournier. Aaron Gordon is the highest paid player on the team. And, you know, Mario Zoni, I think, said it best um, uh, uh, at the at the end of the season last year when we asked him, you know, he spoke honestly about his contract situation. When he said money talks, Gordon has the money now. Gordon is the guy. And this is, uh, you know, as much as I like Evan Fournier, as much as I like Nikola Vucevic, as much as I think Jonathan Isaac Muhammad Bomber can be very, very good players, this is now Aaron Gordon's team. Uh, and Orlando made the investment to uh, to 
to uh, double down on that and, and, to, and to confirm that, that they believe in him and what he will become in his future. A four-year deal means he'll be 26 the next time he's up for a contract extension or up for a new contract. That's going to be just entering his prime. So this is a big, big four years for Aaron Gordon. I'm sure he wants to see the Magic take huge steps forward and make the playoffs. With LeBron leaving the East now, it feels like the East is wide open for the first time in a very, very long time, not just at the top, but also the middle and bottom too. Um, Anything can happen, of course, uh, with the way the NBA works during the regular season where teams do jump into the playoffs and surprise a lot of people and you never know when things will absolutely click. Um, But Aaron Gordon, uh, obviously his production is what it is. Obviously, he still has a lot of growth to go. He's still a very, very young player. Uh, And obviously, the Magic were willing to make that big investment in him right now. So, the Orlando Magic signed Aaron Gordon to a four-year, $84 million contract. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And as I said there in that last segment, um, this seems like it does make this Aaron Gordon's team. There's no denying it now. Orlando's core is set, at least for this year, for the 2019 season. Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad Bamba are the three key players, the three key pieces to this organization. It's not yet clear how Aaron Gordon's contract is structured. The only thing that we know per Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel is that there are no options. It is a straight four-year contract. We don't know, though, if the salary is a flat $21 million, whether there are raises, whether it's front-loaded, whether it's back-loaded. We don't know any of that. And that stuff could be important as it comes to the cap and, and how the Magic manage the salary cap and when they can attack for free agents. And obviously, Orlando now over the cap in free agency, so they only have the mid-level exception left to use this summer, you know, except for trades. But now, you know, now Aaron Gordon has the pressure of not only matching last year's season, but improving upon it and beginning to take the magic in the next step. The last time the magic were sitting here with restricted free agent, a major restricted free agent, Deciding whether to give him the max money was Victor Oladipo. And, you know, different GM, different thought process, obviously, but Oladipo was looking for a max extension from the Magic. And the Magic weren't ready to give it to him. They did not think he was, you know, for say what you want about it, this was the logic of that move. The Magic were not ready to give him that big money, to commit that kind of a future to him. Um, that's been proven to be a mistake, Perhaps. I think Victor Oladipo has admitted that leaving Orlando and seeing Russell Westbrook play and struggling in Oklahoma City made him a better player in the end. And, and we, everyone knew we always had the drive and the desire to be, to be a good player. But 
Maybe the habits weren't there with what was being built in Orlando. Culture, setting, surrounding matters. But Orlando wasn't there with Oladipo. Orlando didn't believe that Oladipo was that player. It's a different regime, of course. Jeff Waltman is not Rob Hennigan. But investing in Aaron Gordon, a $22 million contract, it's $3 million shy of the max. The max is around $25.1 million. Investing this kind of money in Aaron Gordon certainly, certainly suggests that they believe that he can be that player for this team. That they believe that he his growth curve will continue to follow, follow suit that he will regain some efficiency, and that he will fit this modern modern front court that the Magic are trying to build. That he will continue to improve his three-point shooting, that he will become more efficient, that'll be a little bit of a better playmaker. He averaged 2.3 assists per game last year, which is pretty good for power forward, I would think. That they believe that he can fit exactly what this team wants to be. These are not the guys who drafted him, after all. Jeff Weltman, John Hammond did not draft Aaron Gordon. It would not have surprised me if they decided, you know what, where our team is at, we cannot afford to commit big money to a guy like Aaron Gordon right now. And yeah, it may hurt us. Yeah, he may end up being a great player. But it may not have been the worst decision to let him walk. I wouldn't say it was a good decision, but I don't think it's an irrational decision. Let's put it that way. Obviously, the Magic believed differently. Obviously, the Magic believed that Aaron Gordon could be this team's future. Now, it might be unfair to heap all this expectation on him, but with great contract comes great responsibility. And again, Aaron Gordon, now the highest paid player on the team. Now the guy who is, you know, has the, the cachet and, and maybe a little bit of the power to be the man that maybe sometimes he thought he was last year. Obviously, Gordon still has to fit within the scheme of the team. He cannot simply uh, go his own way and, 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 and be egotistical. He's got to be a team player. He's, he's got to find, you know, whatever his role is, he's got to play that role and play it well and keep others involved and, and, and not deviate too much from what Steve Clifford is trying to do. And Gordon still has a long way to go. He's still a very, very young player. But obviously, this responsibility is his now. Orlando has put their money where their mouth is. They've said, Aaron Gordon is our guy. Aaron Gordon is the guy we want to build around. Now, obviously, this summer, Aaron Gordon was the centerpiece of the summer. They had to, do, they had to figure out Aaron Gordon before they could do anything else. And this roster is still very incomplete. They need a point guard. I think they still need a backup power for it as well. Another maybe 3-4 guy that they can interchange. So there's still work to do. This team is not a complete picture. And 2019 still looks like it's a bit of a rebuilding year. If they win, it's fine. It's a happy accident. And I'm sure they'd, they'd be okay with it. I don't think this team is trying to lose games. But yeah, when you get paid $20 million, when you start paying these players the big money, the expectation to win increases. That's again what happened with Victor Oladipo and Evan Fournier. The Magic had to start paying their young rookies. And they decided to push in as they did. As their chips, as they were putting their money up, and they felt they felt like we have to go in now that the money is on the table. 
The money, again, is on the table. $21 million per year to Aaron Gordon. $21, $22 million per year to Aaron Gordon. The money is on the table. That investment is there. And now Orlando has to make the most of that investment. And that includes Aaron Gordon doing his part. That includes Aaron Gordon becoming that star central player that the Magic so desperately need. Does Aaron have it in him? Still very hard to tell. And, and this contract is a bit of a gamble. Um, it, it, a lot of people were drawing comparisons with this contract to Otto Porter uh, and how he played before he got his big deal. Uh, and, and I think that's not an unfair comparison. They're both kind of tweener forwards who haven't quite established themselves completely in the NBA. Gordon showed signs that he could be a star. But it wasn't quite natural again. It wasn't a perfect fit. And so he has to keep working and keep improving to make this contract, to make this investment worth it in the long run for the Orlando Magic. And of course, we'll see whether that comes to fruition. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The final note on this second day of free agency, on the second day of free agency for the Orlando Magic, they did end up losing one of their players that, that maybe they were looking to resign. I'm still not sold that they were doing a whole lot to resign Mario Azonia, but Orlando did end up losing Mario Azonia, who had a little bit of a market, it looks like, signing a $6 million deal with the New York Knicks that is more than what the Magic could offer because they declined that team option back in October. Mario Azonia, uh, you know, it's been a constant source of debate for Magic fans, the fifth overall pick in the 2015 draft, a guy who who has a ton of talent. There's no getting around it. I remember Fran Fraschilla saying on the NBA Draft broadcast that this is a guy that could win the three-point contest and the dunk contest. Unfortunately, Orlando did not see enough of that Mario Azonia. They didn't see enough of the, brava- the bravado Mario Azonia, the, 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 con- the confident, efficient Mario Azonia. He struggled with his shot. He struggled to stay on the floor. He struggled with his defense. And for a good chunk of his time in Orlando, the good chunk of the three years that he was in Orlando... You had to sit there and ask, what is his NBA skill? What does he do on the floor? There's a plenty good argument to say, well, we never really got to see it. He never played the minutes. And certainly, his minutes were a little bit limited under Scott Skiles' rookie year. Frank Vogel struggled to throw him out on the floor, never really giving him a ton of leash and a ton of time. And he struggled to find his fit in the league. Vogel ended up playing him at power forward, essentially, just to hide him on defense a little bit and give him a chance to play, which he so desperately needed. Hazonia played well this past year, and certainly while he struggled at the beginning of the year in Orlando, made, I think, a a rational but short-sighted decision to decline that team option. Um, 
it, by the end of the year, it was clear, yeah, the Magic should probably try and keep him. Uh, there was definitely a mistake to decline that team option. At the time, it might have made some sense. At the time, it might have been, again, short-sighted, but reasonable and rational. Um, but not the right move for the team. In the end, though, Orlando... In the end, though, or- Orlando was just not able to put up the money or give Mazzoni the playing time and the growth that he so desperately needed. And you hope by going to the New York Knicks, by going to a different organization, to a different franchise, that he can get that playing time that he needs. Because that's really what he needs more than anything. He needs the chance to make some mistakes and to find his niche. That was something he struggled to do in Orlando. If Hazoni was drafted for anything, it was for his immediate ability to hit shots. And he struggled most with that. And that made it very difficult to play him. Because Orlando was under winning winning pressure for good reasons or bad reasons. They were trying to win games. And unfortunately, they were unable to do so, and it made leaving Hizoni on the bench even worse. But at the same time, it's also what can you do for me now? It's not just what will you be, it's what can you do for me now? And I feel like sometimes the discussion about Mario Hizonia centered on what he could be or what he should be or what people thought he would be and not what he was. I've said this before, I I like Mario Hizonia. I think he's a good player. I think that he did get a raw deal in Orlando. I would have liked to see him get more opportunity that just never came. But at the same time, I understood why he wasn't. Because he wasn't performing. He wasn't delivering. He wasn't doing what you were supposed to do. And I kept asking Hazonia fans who, who wanted to see him play more, I was like, okay, what's his NBA skill? What does he actually do on the floor? And I think that's, again, the big question he'll have to answer in New York. He'll have a little bit more of a leash, I think. And he'll get more playing time. He'll have the opportunity to play, which I don't think he would have here in Orlando. I don't think he made sense for this team anymore. But the question will be for Mario Azonia once again. Can he make shots consistently? Can he play a role? Can he provide value to the team? In a one-year, $6 million contract, this is another big season for Mario Azonia. With the team option declined, he stepped up and had a great year. He earned this contract. He earned the second chance. Scott Perry, one of the assistant GMs for the Orlando Magic when they drafted Azonia, Gave him this second chance. He still believes in him. And it will be interesting to see if Azonia can take advantage of it this time under Coach Dave Fisdale in New York. It will be interesting indeed to see what he gets. But unfortunately, Orlando will not get that opportunity to see him here. They didn't give it to him to begin with anyway. The Magic lose Mario Azonia as expected. And so we'll see uh, what comes of Azonia in the near future. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also find the latest analysis of NBA free agency from our sister podcast, Locked on NBA. Just search for iTunes and Locked on NBA. For the latest on Mario Zonia, check out Locked on Knicks. I know they'll do a great job covering his Zonia and breaking down that signing for you all. And of course, the big news around the NBA today, the Los Angeles Lakers agreeing to terms with LeBron James. Check out Locked On Lakers for more in-depth analysis of that signing and what it means for the Lakers, what it means for the Western Conference, I'm sure. And of course, what it means for LeBron James and the Lakers moving forward. But that's going to do it for me. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the, uh, again, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places, download the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including the latest on the signing signing of Aaron Gordon 
as well as plenty more on NBA Free Agency. Check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Again, that's going to do it for me for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.